On to NURFM's finance, Barry Preston, we're talking with Diane Jones, Financial Services Officer with Centrelink, and we're asking her first about deeming, whether there's been any changes and how it's all working. Well, the first thing is that um, deeming is a a simple set of rules that's uh, used um, under the Social Security legislation to assess income from what we call your financial assets. So financial assets are things like your cash, bank accounts, term deposit shares, managed funds, money you've loaned to the kids, those sorts of things. Gold, silver, all that stuff? That's right. Money under the bed? (laughs) Definitely. Now, under those rules, that we assume that they're earning a certain amount of income regardless of the income they actually earn. So this is when we're working out pensions and allowance payments. We're deeming or assuming a certain interest rate. Mm-hmm. And we've had a recent announcement by the ministers responsible for the, the deeming rates that from the 20th of March, so next month, the deeming rates will reduce by half a percent. So this reflects the lower interest rates that people are able to obtain off their investments. That's good from the recipient's point of view, but not good from the treasurer's point of view. Is that correct? <laughs> well, I guess it, it reflects the, the fact that interest rates have dropped and, mm-hmm. and uh, pensioners can't get as much interest off their money as <laughs> they could in the past. So what it'll mean is that if you're a single pensioner, the first 45400 of your total investments we're going to assume you're earning 2.5% instead of 3. Above that 45400 we're going to assess you as earning 4% instead of 4.5%. Now, the question we often get asked is, how much can I have and still get a full pension? So if you're a single pensioner, no other income or assets or investments, you can have a bit over 115000 in financial assets and still receive a full pension. Right. So the figures for a couple, first 75,600 will be the 2.5%. This is after the 20th of March, hmm. um, 4% above that. A couple with no other income and assets can have around about 202,000 and still receive the full pension. Fair enough. <clears throat> okay, now... Um, I'm about to go overseas. Now, this is interesting. I've had a lot of questions on this one myself. I'm about to go overseas. I'm not really, actually. But And at this stage, I'm not sure how long I'll be there. Now, I receive a pension. Does it apply to all my types of pension benefits? And I have a health care card. You're right, Barry. There have been some changes from the 1st of January. So there's a little bit of confusion out there because there's different rules applying to different payments and cards. And I'd certainly recommend um, that people uh, look on our website, humanservices.gov.au, to have a look at their individual situation, the rules applying to that. But we'll, we'll go through the common ones like the age pension and um, the concession cards because they're, I guess, the typical um, ones that people are interested in. But other Centrelink payments, different rules. Some are limited to six weeks, so it's important that you... Um, either phone us or have a look at our website about what might apply to you. Mm-hmm. So if you get a Centrelink payment session card and you plan to leave Australia, whether it's just a short holiday or, or you're going for a longer period or you're not sure how long, 
certainly have a talk to us as well to, to make sure you understand what, what the effect might be. And, and for couples receiving one type of payment and the partner's on a different type, it can mean different things. So really important to have a talk to us as well. Right. So the healthcare card, That's uh, let's assume you've just got a healthcare card. Is that a simple okay or yay? Well, for the Commonwealth Seniors one, mm-hmm. that's the card for people who are self-funded retirees, mm-hmm. then that card, if you're going for more than six weeks, mm-hmm. the, the card will cancel after six weeks. So when you come back, you'll need to contact us. Now, for people who recontact us or back in the country uh, for um, less than 13 weeks, there may be um, a simple verbal claim we take over the phone to restart up the, the Commonwealth Seniors Health Card. If it's between 13 weeks and 26 weeks, there's a, a shortened form. You can either fill out the paper form or the online reclaim for that card. Mm-hmm. More than 26 weeks are full, so six months are, are full. Fair enough. So the card is not actually cancelled, it can be reactivated, is well, that it, correct? It's cancelled while you're away, but it can be reactivated. Ah, uh-huh, without, without new numbers or anything like that's that. That's correct. Oh, that's good, right. And the other thing I wanted to talk about was the age pension. Like, hmm. for, for many people, um, an overseas holiday um, could be possible. Now, it's important, even if you're only going for a week or ten days, to let us know that you will be out of the country. For most age pensioners... Um, it's not going to affect um, their, their pension. The pension's made up of the base pension and a supplement. People who are outside Australia more than six weeks can lose a small part of their pension supplement. And, of course, for people going more than 26 weeks, it will depend on how long they've resided in Australia, whether that will reduce their pension or not. Fair enough. So it is important that they contact you to get to the bottom of it all. Most and, certainly. And make it easier to understand. You're listening to Finance on 2NURFM and Barry Preston. We're getting the good oil on Centrelink and how things are changing. Diane, now, questions. Another, some more questions. There's been a death in the family and I'm not sure what the procedure is regarding Centrelink. Often the funeral director will, will contact Centrelink, but it's a good idea if you're handling the person's affairs to give us a call and let us know so that we can stop their payment as soon as possible to avoid any overpayment. The information that would be really helpful when you, you contact us is to provide the customer's reference number, so that would usually be on their pension card or any letters that have been sent out, mm. their full name, date of birth and address. So I guess we want to be making sure that we've got the right person before we stop their payment. Now also, do I have a set time to get all of my joint assets out into the one name or does that affect Centrelink in any way or not? Couples where, where a partner passes away, then normally they're needing to advise Centrelink once investments have been transferred over into their name and often the estate could take three to six months to be finalised, some a bit sooner. So it's important to let us know when those investments have been changed over into the surviving partner to um, avoid again um, the situation where we've paid more pension than, than you're entitled to. And I should also mention that you should seek advice or carefully consider the implications of passing on any money or assets to your children or other family members 
bypassing yourself because that can put you in the situation of having given away some of your assets and that, that could affect a pension payment. So find out before one jumps in the water in any sort of uh, action regarding Centrelink. It's most important because you could be doing damage as far as finances uh, to yourself and you think you're okay. Mm. And, and we do have financial information service offices Australia-wide over the phone and, and face-to-face, I guess, to have a look at where you will sit with assets and income, what the implications are. If you are passing some money over mm. to family, is that going to um, have an effect on your pension or not? And I think it's a good idea before you do get on to anyone, even Centrelink or anyone else, to have your facts before you of what you actually want to do. Not get on the phone, get someone and then say, right now, I want to do, oh, hang on, I better go and get so-and-so and I've got to get this and I've got to get that. Have all your facts. It's going to save time and you'll feel a lot more comfortable and you'll probably get more accurate information back on the questions you ask. That's right. It's all about getting the right information so you can make the best decisions. Okay. Now, am I able to earn any income that may not affect my Centrelink pension? This um, will depend on what sort of Centrelink payment you're on. But for age pensioners, we've talked a little bit before that if you're um, working, then we disregard the 250 a fortnight from the work bonus. But when we're looking at your income situation, we're counting up your deemed income on your financial assets, whether you've got any other overseas pensions, Um, whether you've got some income from other sources. So we're adding together all of your income to work out how much pension we should pay you. For single people, the first 152 a fortnight um, doesn't reduce the pension and then it's a 50 cents in the dollar reduction. For couples, it's always combined income. So if your partner's working, then that could be affecting your entitlement. Combined income above the 268 a fortnight can reduce the pension. It can, fair enough. Now, what happens if I uh, have a good month and I've earned uh, $4,000 but I'm not going to earn, earn any money uh, for the rest of the year? Yes. Does that, how does that calculate? The, the, good, uh, the good thing about um, for age pensioners, this work bonus, where fortnights where you, you don't have employment income, you build up a work bonus balance of 250 a fortnight. So if you, when you undertake that work, if you haven't worked for the last 12 months, you would have credits of $6,500. In that 12 months? It doesn't ca- accumulate into the next 12 months, does it? No. You no, can fair. only build up a maximum of 6500 in, in in that work um, credit balance. But that's sitting there waiting to be used if you've been on pension for 12 months and haven't done any work. If you haven't built up any credits and you earn a lot of money in a fortnight, that can reduce the pension for that fortnight. But the next fortnight, if you're not working again, then your pension would go back up. Okay. Now, I've got a home. My wife and I are saying, look, we, we're asset rich, money poor. What we're going to do is we're going to get a loan and borrow a hundred, or $100,000 and they put it straight into our account. Does that affect my pension? Um, firstly, your home is an exempt asset, but any funds that you borrow against it are mm. not exempt unless you've spent them. If you've spent them, they're not going to be included. But so it depends money... on where you spend them, doesn't it? <laughs> That's right. If the money's sitting in a bank account, yes, it's going to be included as part of your assets and we're going to deem some interest. But as we talked about earlier with the deeming rules, if you have no other sources of income or, or assets, 
um, a single person can have about 115000 in financial assets and get a full pension, and a couple mm. can have a bit over 202000 That's presuming there's no other sources of income apart from their age pension. So it is important that one does their arithmetic or maths or whatever you want to call it beforehand. You may be able to get a loan from what they call a reverse mortgage. We'll talk about that another day. And draw down slowly, then it's not going to have any effect. Fantastic. Diane, on behalf of everyone at 2NURFM 103.7, all our listeners, thank you very much indeed for uh, imparting some uh, knowledge on Centrelink. Thank you, Barry. It's always a pleasure to talk to you and your listeners, and I've always got lots of people saying that they've been listening in. I've heard that uh, people are asking for your autograph now too. (laughs) Not quite. Oh, fair enough. Okay, thank you very much, Diane. Many thanks, Diane. It's great to have her on and keeping us up to date with what's happening with Centrelink.